This is the Zach Ansbury Channel. Welcome. This podcast clip comes from an interview with Ryan Buckle from Top Shelf International. You know, uh, I've worked with you before, but yeah. did you want to give everyone a little bit of overview as to who you are and, and what your current role is? Yeah, so um, I've been in FMCG pretty much the entire time from a career perspective. Um, came through a couple of sales gigs as a marketing graduate. It was a normal sort of um, pathway, I would say, in those days. You sort of went into the cold face of like a territory manager job so you could appreciate what it was like trying to sell the things you would long uh, market in the um, future. Um, and then just a series of um, assistant brand manager roles, brand manager, senior brand manager, you know, the same old story. And um, a couple of big organisations, um, Mars and Lion, over the last sort of 10 plus years. So um, a very uh, standard marketing career, I would say, to this point. So uh, you tend to just go in different levels of jobs. And then if you're lucky enough, you might get an experience outside of the um, country of birth, which was great at Mars. I did four and a half years stint in Asia Pack and then back into a, um, a local business now, I would say. It doesn't necessarily have the influence of a big multinational, but um, is a very big player in the Australian market on its own. So, um, yeah, that's the basic sort of pathway, I would say. Um, lots of different brands, different categories. Pet care and dairy might seem a bit different but they are largely the same in terms of um, what they're offering the consumer. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty pretty stock standard. Yeah. So um, just going back to what you said earlier, so you did a Bachelor of Business Marketing and IT at Charles Sturt University. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw that and I thought, how come you had the combination there? Was that like a deliberate strategy or was it just, just something that had occurred, you know, almost serendipitously or...? Yeah, there was an accountancy stint before that as well. So okay. that probably just even complicates the story even more. But um, I think it wasn't quite boring enough, maybe no offence to the accountants out there to be in yeah. that space yet. I'm actually glad though in hindsight, I mean, most organisations are very centred in the P&L. So if you can wax mm. um, fluently in that space, it's a good, um, good territory to be in. Um, marketing was more just from the creativity standpoint. I didn't really know at the time. I think when you leave school, it's sort of like what's the thing that's going to give you the best opportunity to um, access some different career paths. And then maybe at the time I was thinking that IT was going to be big in terms of uh, the application of um, IT for business. So uh, I didn't really take it any further than that. But, I mean, you look at today, it's online is going to be um, a big thing. It definitely has been in Melbourne for the last eight weeks with people's restricted movements and um, I guess the scarcity of wanting to go into store. But... um, that was kind of the background, but it was always, you know, marketing was sort of where I wanted to end up. I think um, when you have a bit of creativity as a natural bent, um, there's an entrepreneurial spirit probably that goes with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's no better way to cultivate that with someone else's money and um, <laughs> organisational resources. So that's probably how it all came about. I would love to say it's by design, Zach, but you just sort of fall into these things when you're coming out of your teenage years and into your early 20s, and that's sort of the path that I landed on. Okay, so did you did you find that you had a knack or you kind of lent that way when you were growing up or it kind of sounds like you did in a sense? A little bit. Um, I think you sort of get um, probably more so today, but you definitely, I mean, opening the uh, an internet browser or the paper every second day and reading about some billionaire entrepreneur that was um, mm. you know, living in a shoebox only five years before. I mean, they don't talk about the ones that were catastrophic failures. But <laughs> um, I think there is, it's just, it's a form of... Um, expression for me i think that um 
I have never been an artist, but um, mm. I imagine the, the um, process of creation is part or a big part of the journey. And I think fortunately in marketing, particularly in FMCG, you get the opportunity fairly regularly to sort of put your stamp on something. So I think at a core level, it probably comes from that. And then um, maybe also for me, a bit of a fascination about how consumers behave and, you know, the, the psychology that goes on behind it, brands and, you know, when you overlay the financial part of brand as well and how it creates enormous value for organisations. I think when you put that big melting pot together, it's sort of I can look back with 2020 vision and say, no, I can kind of work out why I've ended up where I have. But yeah. that's the basic probably story to it. Yeah, yeah. And then so you moved uh, into industry. Did you want to tell us about your first role as a product specialist? Yeah, so I... Um, that was uh, – so I was still in the sales realm at that time and yeah. um, it was just a personal move to get back to Albury where I'm from, so up on the border of New South Wales and Victoria. It's a nice part of the world. Um, yeah. And I think I was sort of uh, probably more interested in that stage of, um, you know, facilitating a lifestyle necessarily than um, a big career move. So I um, spent quite a bit of time – back in Albury in that role. And now that was it's with the pharmaceutical company. So Jared and Sealag's basically owned by Johnson & Johnson. Yeah, yeah. Um, massive organisation, great history. And I was really um, drawn to the J&J history. It's a, you know, a typical sort of wartime story and how it was built. Um, and for me, it was just a, probably a, a higher level of selling. I think I thought if I could convince um, health practitioners to... Um, prescribe one medication over another through the science, then um, it would set me up for sales jobs long term. But I think I got to the end of that little journey and I thought I just need to get overseas and probably broaden the horizons a bit. I think it's one of the first lessons in life that you learn that um, perspective is hard to gather when you stare at the same thing all the time. So yeah. I went overseas for a couple of years and then um, that's how the Mars journey sort of started from there. But, uh, yeah, it was an interesting little sojourn. I don't think I'd go back to pharmaceuticals in a hurry. My sister, incidentally, is a marketer in pharmaceuticals. Okay. Um, it's just a very different world. It's a bubble and there's lots of constraints and restrictions, like there should be, right? I mean, you're talking about human health and care. So um, it was a bit probably too cut and dry for me. Uh, is she in Australia at the moment? She is, yes. Oh, okay. so she's imagine. in Melbourne too. So uh, yeah, yeah. it's a um, they're in sort of more in um, cardiovascular disease, diabetes, those kind of things. So yeah. really interesting subjects, but um, wasn't probably like the accountancy career wasn't quite ready to be um, what I thought was boring at that stage. Yeah. Oh, the only reason I asked is because I could imagine it'd be a whole different kettle of fish with the regulations and, and the way you can market things and play. Hey guys. It's Zach Ainsbury here with just a couple of quick reminders. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, then make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. There are plenty more interviews to come with some of the world's leading marketing academics and practitioners. You do not want to miss these. In the meantime, if you're looking for another way to connect, then follow me on Twitter at Zach Ainsbury. That is Z-A-C-A-N-E-S-B-U-R-Y for my take on the marketing issues of the day.